and welcome to another episode of the True Patriot Outfitters podcast. Folks, we have a cool, super cool guest uh, showing up here today. This guy was described to me by another guest as being known as the uh, barbecue Jesus of backyard barbecue. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty heavy uh, title being given to this guy. Not only that, but he is also program manager of Hoosiers with Hearts uh, from the East Coast, my brother in the Romans Warrior Foundation. We're going to bring him in here. Welcome to the show, Mr. Dave White. Thank you for joining us, brother. What's up, y'all? Good stuff, man. So like I told you before, Dave, folks at home, Dave and I, have conversed through social media and such but this is our first official actually meeting here and we wanted to to capture that and share that with you guys there at home um it's super super cool to me that our two worlds here so you're on the east coast basically i mean way yeah. way farther east than me pretty close um, I'll, I'll climb the midwest right <laughs> i'm uh i'm on the west coast kinda you know yeah we, yeah. Af- we affectionately call colorado eastern california these days because it yeah. feels like that <laughs> but yeah. our two so and we both are are you know program managers with inside of roman's Warriors, so we're co-workers with the with the foundation you've got an amazing organization with Hoosiers with Hearts. We're trying to get our little little side up and running here, you know, uh, out there. Yeah. And then to find out last night during our team meeting, um, our worlds are even closer together. You're a competitive. Now, are you guys called chefs? What 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 is what is your what is the yeah. title? I think the proper nomenclature would be pit master. You know, and pit that's master. A, yeah, it's an earned title, and you know, a lot of that follows like the old French, you know, it's all military ranks. So, you know, just like a chef is the the top of the toe, you've got pit masters, assistant pit masters, and it all kind of still falls into that. You got guys that just do your garnish boxes and maybe guys that just work sauce. So it can, uh, it can be pretty elaborate, man. You know, that's a heck of a lot fancier than, you know, I'm a fit, I go fish. I mean, that's pretty much what I do. <laughs> Got somebody yeah. baiting your hook, right? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, I don't, because then I'd have to redo it myself. Because yeah. it's got to be the way I want it. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the sauce. Same thing. <laughs> so, you're a pitmaster, and you compete yeah. around the country. You're one of yeah. only a couple uh, guys that has the distinct title of being sponsored by a very important company out there that we yeah. all grew up on. Yeah, yeah, man. We got a few, but probably the best known is Royal Oak, the charcoal company. And yes, sir. Man, I could I got to tell you, we couldn't be prouder of that one. That is uh, old, uh, and they, they've got serious American-made values. Uh, that's very important to them. They brought us out. Uh, they So, you know, they have about 100 people, 100 teams each wow. year, right, that they pick out of hundreds and hundreds of applicants so to make the team is tough and last year we actually had the honor they bring out about 35 to 38 teams to their corporate campus down in roswell georgia wow and we got to go down to that in october and i'm telling you what you want to talk about the red carpet like they they don't treat us good enough i mean there were drinks everywhere food everywhere ribeye dinners waffle house breakfast you know wow swag packs and just you know when we're leaving they're like they open the garage they're like 
get all the charcoal you need on the way out. So we came back heavier than we left. Good night. <laughs> yeah, but that's can't say enough. And beyond that, just another side note. Uh, yeah. You know, when when COVID hit uh, twenty twenty, so complete lockdown. Hospitals are working around the clock. We actually did a little campaign with them, and Romans Warrior was in on that. I mean, we were boots on the ground. We just reached out. We wanted to try to feed all the hospital staff, first responders. So Royal Oak ponied up. They sent a check, thousand bucks, just as soon as soon as we had the idea. They were the first one on the phone talking about they want to get behind it. So wow. I think over eight counties. I can't remember now the thousands and thousands that got fed. But I got with five other pitmasters from central Indiana and we covered about eight counties worth of hospitals, two and three hospitals in each county. So man, was, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm real up for life. If we ever fall off the team, man, I still did nothing else and touch my pit, you know, that is, you know, and there, and there's so much to be said for that. You know, when uh, we maintain this a ton is that look, we're, we, we realize we're one, just one small part of a big puzzle here when we're all working to the same thing. And so when you surround yourself with organizations that are like-minded and uh, have a same kind of, you know, uh, I don't know if moral compass is the right word, but this same mission, man, yeah. it's, it, oh, the stuff can just be, the things you can do are really awesome when everybody kind of pulls that stuff together. So that's Royal Oak is absolutely that. Dude, I remember those bags when I was a just yay big, yeah. you know, seeing those. Cause I mean, there was no, where I grew up, man, I grew up, you know, uh, we, we came up really uh, uh, financially challenged, if you yeah. will. Oh, yeah. And there was no propane, pro what? I mean, <laughs> gas goes in a car, charcoal yeah. goes on a grill. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same way, man. Same way. That's what my dad always had around. So Yeah, if it, it wasn't was... that, it was firewood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I tell you, man, we actually still, you know, I'll... I use the, the, the good charcoal to get a good base going, but we still use, it depends on the kind of smoker. We've got gravity feds now. We've got the old barrel smokers. So we still use a lot of red oak and cherry and hickory wow. here. We don't have any pecan out here in, uh, you know, South Central Indiana, but we've got hickory and cherry by the time. And red oak is nice. It's a little more scarce because, you know, it's a, it's a high, highly sought timber tree most oh, times. Okay. So gotcha. not, not many people coming off of them if they can sell it most times, but yeah. They don't want it to be burned up. <laughs> yeah. 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 I want it on a brisket and they want it on a counter. So I guess <laughs> that's where we're at. <laughs> Priorities, baby. Priorities. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was learning last night after hearing too, our worlds, you know, competitive fishing, competitive uh, barbecue, uh, and, and competitive uh, smoking, uh, if you will. Um, if I ever use the wrong term, just slap me around, get no, me straight. No, um, you travel all over the place to mm -hmm. compete. I yeah. travel all over the place to compete. Um, it's not as if we don't have stuff locally, but when you get to a certain level, you know, you're, you're, you're hunting down, you know, bigger fish, for lack That's of right. a better term. You know, you're hunting down a bigger field. And... You know, in our case, you know, when, when we joined, when I, when I set out to try to merge these two worlds together, man, of the fishing and, and uh, Roman's Warrior Foundation, it was a matter of uh, how to, what stage can we get on that we can bring the most attention to the mission at hand? Yeah. That's our piece. You know, it's, yeah. 
I, I'm going to be straightforward and honest, and I don't mean the, anybody in the competitive field to take this the wrong way, but dude, I don't need a competition to define who I am as, as a human being. All right. I, yeah. This is a passion I have. I love fishing, right? Yeah. I, and I love the community that comes with it. But whether I spend the next 10 years and never win a major, major, you know, series event, I'm going to be all right, you know, yeah. but make no mistake. I want to take those fools money. All right? <laughs> I, I'm coming for them. Yeah. But our big purpose on this side nowadays is to that Romans Warrior Foundation. Now that this year's jersey is going to have the TPO logo side by side, putting that front and center in front of the cameras and talking to people about what we do out here, man, that that's, you know, that's yeah. that drive, right? Absolutely. And that's what I was going to say. You know, it, it, we're lucky to have these kind of hobbies have the ability to be competitive. And, you know, that's why locally, and I know you're the same way, it's really important to me. We're, you know, there's a lot of talk here. We're starting to try to get away from the word backyard because everybody is good these days. And, you know, you go to these backyard events and it's mostly local guys that, just want to steamroll everybody and if you get a guy that's winning a lot they want to try to push you out well for me to go to kcbs so you know we do that's the one we travel the country right now we're you know i think we've got tennessee two in michigan and one in illinois one in ohio on the schedule already but those are 350 dollars entries it's you know you got to get the, the top shelf meat if, if you walk out there without a wagyu brisket you can just pack it up you know Wow. Local, yeah, oh man, yeah. And I mean, that's two hundred and fifty dollar brisket. One, you know. So, and then it goes back through pork. You want to get, you know, the best pork you can get. And, but so these local guys, and you know, we're trying to promote more of instead of chasing guys off, you need to build a stronger community locally and mentor these younger guys coming up, so that our sport is always around locally and cheap. Because right. that's that's what's hard to do. And then that's where our platform needs to be the most effective. We need to be reaching people in our market. It's great. You know, we go chase these big shows. Like you said, you want to be the best. You got to go beat the best. And right. it also ups our stock with, you know, sponsors. Like I said, we're constantly, you know, and I always talk about the difference between being an affiliate, being a sponsored team and being an ambassador. You know, those are very different. And so yep. we won't get into all that, but I chase those things to be more of a power and to be a bigger platform for things like Romans and yeah. Hoosiers with hearts. And so that's kind of where I'm at now. All the, all the trophies are nice. Like we can hang it up to, I mean, we really, our resume is strong. We, we actually, I was in Denver uh, in October. I don't know if I told you that. There was a, it's, it's aired now, so I can talk about it. The yep. NFL tailgate takedown is a show on Food Network. We got cast as alternates, so we were this close to being on. So they flew us downtown, put us up at the slate downtown Denver wow. there. And, uh, but it was cool. We could only really get to the foothills because we had to stay so close in case they needed us. You know, right. we had to be within 30 minutes, you know, away. So <laughs> Boulder was about it, you know, as far as we could get out. Right. But uh, it was a great time. And I've always said, my dad always said it. One of the things, you know, I'll always remember him saying is, oh, the places the barbecue's taking us, you know, like just right. the, who would have thought cooking some ribs and, and stuff like that would have equated to, you know, airline paid trips to Denver and first class trips to Georgia, you know. So, you, you know, and 
we what what I've experienced is is in a similar vein. It's for for me the thing that sticks out is I, I do get a chance to see areas of the country that no one really you know uh, sees as much. Now in the boat world, when I competed there, we were going to more bucket list places, big oh, high yeah. profile stuff. In the kayak game, the thing I love the most about this is I'm going to places that maybe guys haven't heard of yet. <laughs> But man, they need to because these yeah. places, uh, the people, the communities, the the community around kayak fishing alone, you know. But, but yeah, just sections of the country. Uh, I tell my wife every time. I wish there were a way, and I, we're we're working on this, but trying to find a way that she could travel with me more, yeah. um, because there's something about a 4 a.m. in the morning, 5 a.m., the sun's barely coming up and you're driving through this town that's got about 150 people in it. Mm-hmm. And you got to go through there to get to the get to your ramp. Yeah. And it's a sleepy little town and just oh, yeah. everything's quiet and calm. And, and I'm like, man, I don't see this back home anywhere. Yeah, feels like good old America, doesn't it, at that point? That's what I always say. It reminds me, while I live in the Denver metro area, it reminds me of the other section of this country that makes up this awesome, you know, United States. And it, yeah. it really puts some perspective on things to respect a lot of different viewpoints on things. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. we, get, we got to get out of our own little world. And it's, it's so weird that our sports, you know, can bring that oh, yeah. to the deal. Well, that's the same. We usually... You know, there are some cook-offs in the big cities, but you usually are in a campground or something like that and or a little town square, and you get to go to these, you know, towns that are behind on, you know, the, the modernization of America, and it takes you back, you know. And they're okay and, with that. Oh, I love they're it. They're way okay with that. <laughs> kind, of, kind of same thing, because we'll set up on Friday nights, and, you know, the barbecue community, same thing. Like, I'm sure the kayak community, like, I got I got family now all over the country. I can yes, break sir. down about anywhere and have somebody within reach that that I know would pick up the phone. But you're there the night before, you have your potluck and then you know, sun starts cresting in the morning and there's just smoke rolling over the valley. <laughs> right. So we've got some good pictures of that kind of stuff and I'm the same way, my wife and kid, we're trying to me and the boys roll out now and it's pretty hardcore. You know, we're in a, we got a, it used to be a lot more hardcore. We're pretty pampered now. We got a big enclosed trailer, but we're out there all night. And, you know, in the next five years, I'd like to get us a nice little motor home to pull yep. to bring the wife and my son. And I think that they would enjoy it. Well, she's a way better cook than I am. You know, we just get to go <laughs> wow. out. Yeah. Yeah. She thinks it's funny. She thinks it's funny that we all get into it this much, but. Uh, she's not competitive as she is a good cook. You know? Unless you tell her, unless you tell her it don't taste good, then you'll see some competitive. <laughs> yeah. I, I ain't even going there. No, sir. I'll tell you a real funny story. We got started, you know, we started as kind of a, it was weird how we started in a, it was a, you know, we food truck and cater. That's what I do mostly. And, uh, it started as a fundraiser. My son was born and he had a hole in his heart and some stuff at birth that he was uh, hospitalized. Oh, wow. Yeah. For like a month. And my wife was, uh, they gave her a staph infection at the hospital in her cesarean cut there. Oh so, my gosh. And they just kept misdiagnosing it. So for like two weeks, she was near death. And so she's in Bloomington. He's in Indy. It's about an hour trip. I'm going because he was lifeline to Riley Children's Hospital, NICU. 
So I'm going back and forth. I'm a landscaper, you know, back then. That's what I went to school for, you know, was horticulture and landscape and design and all that. And uh, so kind of my off season. But anyway, uh, we start at uh, this Kroger. I wanted to kind of sell wristbands and she wanted to cookies. It was supposed to be like a bake sale. Okay. So, so they have a Coke trailer there in the parking lot of this Kroger. And the manager's like, why don't you try a cookout? You know, here's some hamburgers and hot dogs. Donate them. Good Man, stuff. I'm, I'm telling you why. And uh, it blew up the first weekend. And I came <laughs> back and I told Jessica, here we are, you know. She's been off because the last part of the, the, you know, her pregnancy, she she was out of work. So right. we're trying to figure out how to make a little extra money. It was tight. I ain't going to lie. Yep. And uh, so we started doing that. I come home. And I'm holding $1,700 from the first day, right? And uh, it's like, it it like two weeks pay, yeah, for me, you know, I mean, back then. So, right. and I'm telling her, I'm in a day, you know, I'm telling her, I'm like, I need to take some of this money. He's invited me back every weekend. So I'm going to invest some of this. And she's like, you're crazy. We got bills to pay. Like, I am the <laughs> entrepreneur for sure. And she she was a Kelly School of Business grad. And she is the brakes. <laughs> right. So... So I talk her into it. It wasn't a pleasant conversation, but she <laughs> let me have my way. And, go. and so we came back the next week. Week after week, we're killing it. Then we've got this old camper, 79 Starcraft. Uh, it was me oh. and my dad's project, right, from Arizona. Yeah. But, dude, it was full of ants and falling down and dilapidated. So we'd had it for years. And I said, man, what do you think about turning that into a barbecue cabin? And uh he was like, you, you can do whatever you want with it. So I go around the frame with a sawzall, cut, the, cut it right at the bottom and push that whole shell off. And I can see my dad up in the window shaking his head like he's lost it. <laughs> Everybody in the family is like, you know, he's going to start a barbecue truck. Uh, you know, and so, but we, we started because it was Jessica. We had the hamburgers and hot dog and she had this crock pot pork recipe that was just lights out. So everybody's just dying over it. It's this homemade sauce. Well, one day a friend came by and he heard me joking around and say, yeah, that's that sweet baby Dave's. And this is her recipe. So oh. he goes and posts about sweet baby, baby Dave's on Facebook. And she's like, oh, really? My barbecue sauce. We were calling that now sweet baby Dave's. So it was, uh, we've had some interesting ones. I don't dare touch her recipes after that right. claim to them or <laughs> judge them in any way but used but, with permission yeah <laughs> but you know man we went on to build the cabin on wheels if you see it you know on uh, great white smoke you know as our company name we built this little cabin up on that frame and it became legend this is our uh, 10 year anniversary this year and Good so we yeah, we've had and sold another food truck since then. We had a couple of restaurants, and that was a nightmare. I mean, just a nightmare. So <laughs> we sold those, got out of that in like 18 and 19, right before everything dropped off. Right. So, and then she went back to work. She's got a great job with Sam's Club now. She makes plenty enough money, and now we were able to do the, the catering and my stuff kind of as the fluff. And nice. uh, I'm home more with Bub these days you know he transitioned from needing his mommy to now it's daddy time he's That's 10 right. this year so yep so it's a cool time in our lives good transition i'd love to get him out there in the trail with us same thing you know and yeah have that family time 
Well, and it's those experiences that we see out there, man, that you want to you want to share those. I mean, it's therapy for me. There's no question about it. When I'm when I'm in the truck and on the road, I'm, I'm clicking off, you know, 12 hours knowing I've got another 10 the next day to go. Um, I've been throwing, you know, like audio books, different things like that is what we'll yeah. throw on. I'm actually thinking of uh, grabbing Babel, dude. Yeah, and just learning another language <laughs> while I'm on the road. Just I'm like, why not? Why not? We're more alike than different, bro. I'm telling you, you know, I took that stuff. So I took Spanish in high school, and I know what? enough. Like, I've got some really good Spanish friends that you know are Mexican friends that are cooks. And when we see each other, it's about thirteen words. And I'm like, man, I really like that guy, though. I may not like him at all once we learn how to talk to each other, but I kind of want to try. You know? Right, right. So, a couple things here. First off. Uh, Kelly's School of Business. Are we talking about yeah. Kelly, uh, Kelly's uh, uh, School of Business and Management? Yeah. Like yeah. The, the full site? Because you're, yeah. you're talking. Indiana University. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking to a, uh, or wait a minute. No, mine was Keller. My bad. Uh, Never mind. No, it's Close. all right. Close. Yes, yeah, I can see it. Right. The, uh, that's actually, it was my graduate program where I got my master's was through Keller. Nice. Nice, um, man. You had mentioned uh, an acronym, the KCBS. What, oh, uh, yeah. What does yeah. that stand for? Kansas City Barbecue Society. Oh, okay. Okay. So that, you know, that is probably the oldest sanctioning body <clears throat> of barbecue, you know, so you buy in, you're a member, I'm a certified judge. It is uh, this probably the most prestigious. Of okay. All, you know? But now you kind of see like what well, we have our local sanctioning body that Romans and, you know, hog days and all that, you know, the event that we do. Right. That is part of the uh, Kentuckiana barbecue pitmasters. Okay. So that, that is basically more regional where KCBS is really worldwide. Gotcha. And you got that, you know, you've got, uh, you know, the NBA, Mid-Atlantic Barbecue, uh, Florida, Georgia, each state kind of has their own associations. Yep. Texas has like 15. So, so, so we have the same thing in fishing where um, probably some of the biggest names, you know, in fishing, in the fishing, competitive fishing world would be, of course, the MLF and Bass. Those are the two big names in that side. Now in the kayak game, Bass is also there now. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're the biggest name, if you will, that's gotten in, but probably the biggest stage is the Hobie Boss uh, series, the Bass Open series. Um, if they'd let motors in, dude, I'd be all over it. But until they do that, we're not. That's a Hobie owner trail all the way I look at them. Yeah. Um, they just have all the money and all the big names that fish there. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> so um, and then, of course, an up and coming one that we are really uh, proud to be a part of is called the All-American Kayak Series. They're primarily based out of like what we call the flyover states. Yeah. Um, we hit a ton of water here. We're not you know, just focused on putting a field of uh, 200 anglers out there. We're trying to make sure that we touch, you know, the All-American tries to make sure that everybody gets a shot to compete out there. So, but then on your local level, Bass has got Bass Nations, and then there's a bunch of organizations that are regional. So real similar. Yeah, my uncle, my uncle's an angler, man. He's he's good. Yeah, I'm telling you, I love fishing with him. I mean, heck yeah. (laughs) I mean, really, dude, he'll put you on him. It's kind of wild to me because... You know, I've always enjoyed fishing. We call right. it lip ripping. I'm sure that yep. you, you know. Ripping lips, yeah. Yeah, when we were kids, man. I grew up in the 90s, and that's what we would run the woods and, the, you know, the hollers. We're we're really kind of, you know, Appalachia comes up through Kentucky. And sure. southern Indiana, if you look at a map, 
I live in a pretty wild area. Most people think of cornfields in Indiana, but we've got those good hollers here, man, and creek bottoms and good creek fishing, rock bass nice. and stuff like that. But he'll take me out, man, with him and just put me right. He'll put me, tell me what to put on. I'm like, it is really doesn't feel fair. It doesn't mean, you know, water right. conditions. He knows everything to throw. So that's awesome. If you ever, you ever get out here, man, for hog days, which you should come. I mean, Boggs is a beautiful lake, man. Crappie killer crappie lake i think they got stripers in there man so, nice yeah and uh it'll introduce you to uncle jeff i mean you guys you'll love he was an airborne guy so good he, stuff he, he loves all the stuff we do too you know it's it's one of the one of the goals is to get ourselves established on a couple scenes and then be able to divvy up that schedule because like this year we've got a couple events with romans that we're going to be you know traveling across to go do um, and we want to make sure that we have enough schedule open to do that. Yeah. Um, the trick, you know, I'm sure is the world you're in as well. The trick right now is got to pay the bills too. You know, oh, I mean? man. And yeah. my my source of income is not the nonprofit, nor will it ever be the the primary yeah. source that I can foresee. Um, and so we have to keep our stuff going, you know, and banging away on the other side there to make sure we can get that, you know, to, to flow oh, yeah. proper. But I would love it if the nonprofit could consume 100% of my time and then we'll just yeah. fish for charity and fun. Oh, yeah. But man. Uh, until th that day arrives, which might take a few years, you know, we're, we got to stay hustling. So, yeah. Now, well, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to ask you about Great White Smoke. That's your yeah. company, right? Yeah, man. Uh, Dave White, you know, is my name. And when we were on Third Street there at that Kroger, we, like I said, we started with the crock pots and then Kroger brought out these ribs. They were having a, a rib contest with Kroger nationwide to sell the most. Okay. So, so he brings out these deli ribs. I got no shame. So I'll tell you, this is way before, I mean, YouTube taught me how to barbecue. Like I was a landscaper for sure. So right, right. this, this crock pot pork, and then he brings out these ribs and uh, they're pre-cooked deli ribs. And he's like, I can't, he made me some great deal on them by the case. And dude, we, they, they won that nationwide. Cause I'm out in the parking lot. My, my cousin brought me my first smoker this uh, old fuel oil drum tank, you know, like hog roaster. Right. So, sold it to me dirt cheap, supporting my mission back then. And uh, we, we began to slay the ribs. So that's when uh, I, I had to take to YouTube and start really figuring it out. Because I was I didn't want to get called on my BS, you know, out here with crock pot pork <laughs> and pre-cooked ribs. And so I really started to lean into it, you know. And, sure. Uh, yeah, man, it just took off. People would smell the smoke down Third Street. We're in, you know, very, uh, you know, tight, you know, West Side. It's all, you know, commercial area. So everybody's gridlocked, stoplights, and I'm rolling smoke through there. Just got them trapped. That's I awesome. Got, I got this trick. We'll take garlic powder and throw straight into the fire, and it makes this smell. Man, I'm not joking. It, we call it meat zombies because you can watch that smoke. <laughs> hit somebody going in the door and as soon as the smoke crossed their face they would turn and look and come <laughs> right over to you, you know? so when we'd see crowds heading for the door and a good fake you know a good breeze in our direction every time so, meet zombies so, so um, everybody would say i smelled the smoke all the way down there it smelled great and i heard that so much one day i just said out loud to a group of people there i said yeah maybe great white smoke and bang yeah so there it is we that's, just kept it that, yeah. That's awesome. Good stuff. So, Hoosiers with hearts. Yeah. When yeah. did that 
come about? What, what key, you know, cause for me, I, I know where, where my motivations come from. And there's usually a couple key moments in everybody's life that you, you hit a crossroads and you can make a decision what way you want to go and what you want to do with it. Yeah. What was, what was your gateway drug, man, that uh, got <laughs> you into wanting to serve others? What, oh, uh, what opened it up? Well, we talk about gift and a curse and just an em- empathetic soul. You know, I've always said that that's one of my things. I'm not, I don't want to say I'm a softy, but when I see people, I am able to almost know what they're feeling. I can almost put myself in their shoes and I'm not saying that I feel their pain, but I can only imagine in certain situations. So I have great empathy for, I the same way. I grew up, my parents were lower middle class. So we didn't get benefits. We, we made just enough money to have to suck it up, you know, and, yep. and just deal with it. So it made me tough, but it made me empathetic. It made me appreciative. So there's a group of guys here. It's a huge group, Southern Indiana side by side. And as some of my oldest friends are the two guys that founded that whole thing. And they're just good old boys with side by sides and they go on all kinds of trips together, big family, just like our hobby. You know, what they do is they circle up RVs and then they ride trails sun up to sundown. It, the coolest awesome. places along the Appalachia, you know. Very so, cool. So they have so much influence in their group and such a big reach that uh, when the when the tornadoes hit Western Kentucky uh, two years ago now, I believe, they did a lot of uh, good driving. So they set up in a parking lot and we all have our trailers and then people would, like we'd set up at Sam's Club and we'd put our list at the door and people would just fill our trailers. We took them to a trucking company, Kent Boone, out of Duggar, Indiana, and he would truck it down and do that. So wow, watching those guys do those kind of things, when the floods hit Eastern Kentucky last year, are you familiar with that? Yes, sir. Oh my God. I mean, it was like a one in a thousand or one in a million year flood. It was astronomical. And uh, I'm going to tell you, I, I watched the news and it really didn't prepare me for ground zero. You know, they say that kind of thing, but the, I knew some people, they were, we were planning on trying to do a drive and stuff. But what I kept seeing was people displaced, no water, no food. Damn. And I'm sitting here, I've, I've vended for IU football games. So the stadium holds 50,000 people. The parking lot holds, who knows, probably twice that much. So we literally have the capacity to cook for thousands and thousands of people. And here I'm sitting six hours from this with, you know, enclosed trailers, bunch of smokers. So I called up the guys and I was like, I'm going, I can't, I can't sleep thinking about how much help we could be. Right. So I got my crew of, uh, I think it was five of my guys, four of my guys, uh, well, three of my guys and my sister-in-law, Angela. And uh, we were going down, we started raising money on Venmo on the fly. This is, you know, pre Hoosiers with hearts. This was the birth of Hoosiers with hearts. It ended up being because we got donations went and bought stuff and we were getting donations and buying stuff on the road the whole time down there while we'd run out of stuff. We just, people kept sending money and we just kept buying. It was trying to find towns that had energy, you know, the power on. Right. So anyway, but Travis and uh, 
Chad, the founders of Southern Indiana Side by Side, they they're the same way. These dudes, their hearts outweigh their bodies by a, a crap ton. So they jumped in. Travis brought his RV. They come down there. They had connections in Knott County, which was probably one of the hardest hit areas. Okay. Uh, yeah, Hindman, Kentucky. H-I-N-D-M-A-N, Hindman, Kentucky. So they got us a good spot down there where they knew everybody could see us. The locals got the word out. We went down there, man. We, we got about uh, three quarters of the way and stopped for the night at a campground and cooked a bunch of hog, you know, pork shoulders. And then we came in with food ready the first day. Nice. And I'm telling you, man, people coming up covered in mud, that, you know, families were still cut off. The water was so high in areas that, they couldn't get to their family across these hollers. So they didn't even know if their family had made it. I'm going to set the scene for you. And it's pretty, you know, I'm far enough removed from it now. It doesn't choke me up like it did. But when I first would hear these stories, I almost couldn't tell them back. Right. They, you're asleep. Okay. 10 o'clock at night, it's raining a lot. Flash flood warning type things. About midnight, the power goes out. So all of the emergency broadcast stuff is out. Cell phone towers are out. Everything is out. Nothing to wake you up out of a dead sleep. People said the first thing that woke them up was the sound of the electricity cracking as their house was being lifted off the foundation and washed down these. So little creeks at the bottom, you know, you're in the mountains and that's what an Eastern Kentucky holler is. The, the mountains and the foothills and all that are so close that when rain runs down those, it turns the creeks into rivers. Right. Well, these, these turned into gorges, man. I'm telling you, as we were leaving, I was seeing debris and treetops that were 60 feet tall Jesus. in the bottom of these gorges. So houses were getting swept off. They were finding bodies in sandbars with just like the feet sticking out. That's the only way they could find them. Bodies they were finding were sort of tore up from being dragged down the, you know, the hollers. They couldn't identify them. So, I mean, we were there days after that. So, but we ended up, I mean, we fed about 5,000 people, super happy. They fed, they came from the time we showed up to the time we left. Another group came in the weekend after us and uh, did the same thing. And so we did the same thing. We did a food drive. Through all that, we were using Venmo, and it was very tricky to get money off of Venmo. Kept freezing the money because yep. they thought we were like a scam or so. I'm yep. like, we've got to get some validity to this thing if we're going to do this. And you know, as I sit here, I hope you know I know I'm wrong, but I hope that we'll never be needed again. Right. But we wanted to be better prepared for the next time rather than just stuffing all we can fit in an enclosed and, and taking off middle of the night, you know, so. Right. That was, uh, that was the main line. And, you know, it's, it was rough, man. I mean, it was beyond work. I mean, you want to talk about taxing, oh, yeah. little sleep. And I mean, it, was, it felt like, you know, you know every true sense of a deployment that you, you know, you don't ever want to have to make, but what are you going to do? Somebody's got to go, you know, sure. so. You know, and that's that's the call, man. And when when certain people, you know, answer that call, I was once told uh, by by a very uh, educated, uh, experienced, I should say, a young man that was involved in one of the nonprofit uh, programs that I was I was volunteering with. He says, 
you know, make no mistake, we we absolutely need the monetary donations from people and from companies. That has to be there to keep these things running. He goes, but I'm going to tell you this, man. He goes, not every, he goes, anybody can write a check. Yeah. Not everybody is willing enough to give their time. And that yeah. time piece, when you share that and they understand, they, these guys, you know, folks understand that, that, you know, you're taking time away from your family, from your life, you know, because, yeah. but we've always said this, you know, one of the things on the true Patriot outfitters that I maintain, and I always tell people, you will not find politics here. That's never yeah. going to ever be a topic because yeah. I don't concern myself with that. So what I care about, cause I really honestly don't think it means a hill of beans. Yeah. What I believe in is local communities. Yeah. I think that's where you can impact the most. And when we start taking care of our neighbors, start taking yeah. care of each other, just doing small things, whatever it is, dude, yeah. that's where big things can start to, you know, blow up and really take effect. Well, you know, through that, when I, I had radios shoving mics, we got home and continued the drive at Sam's Club and we had radio stations there and that's what they were saying. And I'll tell you, I live by a Sammy Kershaw law on our podcast and stuff too. And we don't talk about politics, religion, or her, you know, the one that got away. <laughs> and, but I will say, man, because I'm not ashamed of it, that I'm a Christian and that's sure. when I've got a bigger compass than, uh, you know, the law of man and the the things that i'm doing now are for the checks the cash later you know there you go. On, on my good deeds because you know we've all had times in our life where we might have did rotten things so i think any good <laughs> that i can do now you know i'm only trying to make my case for that day so so brian and i brian and romans and i share a very similar so i i do have i have a master's degree in business administration you know you think i know a, a thing or two about business and like brian and i both say this whole nonprofit thing, this is really, really great thing for the karma bank. It just really sucks for the actual bank. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. We're, yeah. we're hoping that eventually that giving thing is going to, you know, yeah. we're working and for it, man. <laughs> people, people really overlook that and it's easy and, you know, it, it, it is hard, man, because yeah. you get caught up where, you know, there are a lot of people, and I'm sure that you've heard this, that think, you know, guys like us for those kind of things ought to be compensated. So they try to give you money on the side or be like, now, listen, man, you got to take care of this cost gas, too. And, you know, sure, you try sure. to tell them it's all included. It's all figured out. Like, yeah. I'm not letting it hurt me. Now, that's not always true. And right. you and I know that because right. there's just times, dude, where you somebody's got to cover the gap. And yep. sometimes it comes back and sometimes it doesn't. But along with my time those small contributions here and there, you know, sure. we've been blessed now and I'm sure, you know, you're doing all right. And that's what we came from a place to where giving back matters. You know, yeah. I can still see myself back in that time needing help. And, and to be fair, man, through my son's stuff, there's been a few times where it's got bad for us and sure. we didn't even really put out the call. I've always tried to give something in return, like a wristband or whatever. But as soon as people know you're in trouble, man, I mean, if you're a person that helps other people, you can yeah. almost bet that people are always going to hold you up. And I always think about if something happens to me that I want them people to hold my family up. So yeah. same thing, man. And I know that will, I know, especially our brotherhood, everybody's yeah. got each other's backs here, you know, and it's, it's been awesome to be a part of it. And that's a, that's a fantastic segue right into this. How did you 
come to meet Mr. Brian Romans and then be brought into the RWF family. Because once we're in, we're never out, right? Yeah, yeah. We're going to bleed RWF until they they throw dirt on us and maybe even a little bit after. As long as there's a post, I'm at him, brother. You know what I mean? (laughs) And that's what it's – I think that, you know, it's – you know, there's a gravity of things like that. You know, I always say – when we were going to the hospital that day, my wife, when I looked at her and I'm like, how are we going to do this? Knowing that she was in bad shape and he was right. going, she was like a day at a time. So that's, that's my approach to everything. And so, but Brian was working at Crane Naval Base at Westgate Academy off there at the time. Uh, I don't, I don't know how long he had been in Indiana at that point, but I pulled up out front with the food truck. So Brian comes out and he sees that I'm wearing a Wounded Warriors shirt at the time. Under Armour, you know, had spawned, we had a deal with Wounded Warriors. So, and he's like, I like that shirt. You want a better one? He goes inside and brings me out a sweatshirt and, uh, you know, brought me a hoodie. And, and we had got to talking about, you know, things that we do. And he told me what he did. He had coffee uh, that he was doing back then. And we just hit it off, man. He told me about, you know, his wreck and what his vision was. And that he was fairly new to the area. And, you know, I, I liked what I heard and told him that I was yeah. a lifer here and connected and that there are some politics like there are everywhere and uh, that I would be an advocate for him any way I could just because he was such a nice guy right out of yeah. the gate. I mean, so giving and uh, eager to tell his story and his mission. And I could see he, that he truly had a desire to help people. Yeah. So. I wanted to be a part if I could, and he's made it pretty easy most of the time. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> all of this is hard, and it's work, and you got meetings that pop up that you need to try to, you know, value sure. everybody's time. And But, sure. yeah, man, we just never looked back, and it just grew from there, and we're both very ambitious, as I can tell you are. And, uh, you know, like, like-minded people will gravitate yeah. toward, you know, uh, ambitious things. So here we are. You know, and you had mentioned earlier about about talking about people with hearts, you know, that outweigh their bodies. Brian Romans is absolutely that. Um, Yes, he is. There's it was one of the pieces when I got a chance to meet him um, and then uh, get a chance to talk with him literally. Within minutes, I felt like there you you said it best. I I love that term, the gravity. There was something about him that. You know, I was being cautiously optimistic because I always, before I meet new nonprofits back in those days, I'd always put them through my, I've got a spreadsheet uh, that I would use that I would go down and do research on nonprofits before I'd, I'd work with them. So I wanted to make sure that they're, you know, packing the gear yeah. um, before we put our name next to it. Um, yeah. And I'll be honest, I, I had kind of made up my mind before I ever even did that with Romans because yeah. there was something about... Um, him as as a person you know and then meeting his beautiful family yeah and then meeting others associated with rwf i'm like mm-hmm. you know and he uh he talked to me about uh possibility of of joining you know a little bit more and at the time i was thinking i needed to keep separation from the nonprofits that i worked with so that i could provide equal service to all of them but after a while it made total sense you know to, to come together with this and my gut and heart was telling me what needed to happen so yeah. that is that is vision so cool. man you know when you when you talk about brian and how you first meet him and i can remember I remember when I seen him walking across the parking lot. Well, I liked his truck a lot. I wanted it. I saw it. And I was like, that is sweet. The logo and everything. You know, so 
and he comes back across and then, you know, the, you know, just his, you know, his delivery, like he was yeah. very confident in his vision. And I think Damn recruiters. Ah, right. <laughs> right. He's a recruiter. Yeah. Yeah. If he wasn't a salesman in this life, it's been in there somewhere. Who knows? But no, I mean, he just, he really, you know, and it's hard, man, because, you know, and I'm sure you're the same. I am. I'm like, you know, the entrepreneur spirit, spirit is hard to, you know, keep that straight and narrow and not too many branches. And like you're talking about, you know, it's very easy. You know, I want to be a part of so many things, but yeah. you just have to, you know, compartmentalize and, and do what you can, you know, for sure. Now, were you, did you ever serve in the armed services? I didn't get to. Nope. It's a, yeah, I, I really hate it. I got recruited. I'll tell you the story. And uh, I mean, I always feel like it makes me sound kind of like a pud, but this no. is how it went. So I was a high school athlete. Okay. I have still to this day asthma that is uh, it's athletic induced and I get really bad around pet dander. It sucks for me because I like all those things. Right. right. But I was you wouldn't know it now. I got a body by barbecue. But, you know, up until I was 18, I was student athlete, you know, multi-sport uh, letterman from varsity on, you know, freshman year. You know, I lettered baseball every year. So. All the recruiters obviously worked through us athletes. So I sat with all of them. Army was going to put me on baseball, but really it was probably going to be rec league. You know, they're talking, cause I'm trying to get a sponsorship or a scholarship back then, you know, which was hard in the nineties. We didn't have YouTube and all that. So, so all the recruiters come through, uh, the Marine recruiter was the very last one. And I told all of them about the asthma. I'm like, the one thing that worries me, because it asked, I mean, what, what worries you about it? You know, because I wanted to go. I really, yeah. and I'm, you know, I'm probably blessed I didn't know. Who knows if I'd have made it, man, that's what. So the Marine told me, he said, here's what I'll tell you. You don't seem like a follower. You seem like the guy that would try to advance, right? So let's say that you're leading a squad or whatever, and biological warfare is very real and you have to put on a mask and you can't take your inhaler because that's what he asked me. He's like, what do you do when you run cross country? I said, I tuck my inhaler in my waistband and I use it completely against doctor's orders and hit it like a turbo anytime <laughs> I'm feeling down and uh, probably not good. But he said, you can't do that. And so now you've got 15 guys out here. And you just perished. And if they're not ready for the next man up, you might have just led 15 guys to their demise. Yep. And I couldn't believe a recruiter said that to me. And his honesty shook me enough to, I almost saw it like a vision that that's what would happen. And I felt like he planted that seed. <laughs> so I didn't go, man. I shook all the other recruiters. I, at the time, had only been landscaping and worked around sports. I mowed in the summers and I dug Christmas trees in the winter. It was the only thing I knew was plan identification and things. So that's what I went to school for. I thought that's nice. what I had a path in coming out. Right. And uh, But it's still all those things instilled hard work. I just, I will always, my grandpa served. I've got, I can trace family back to the Revolutionary War. Yep. So it definitely matters to me. It will always be a regret that I didn't get to serve, but I'm still here and I feel yeah. like maybe my purpose is so and that is another reason why I feel so obliged to serve now, especially sure. guys like Brian and veteran organizations. They went and did what I can't couldn't. So I feel like I've got that duty to kind of pick up the slack now and do what I can. 
you know. Batman. No, I hear you. And, you know, other than you making me feel old when you said you, were, you grew up in the 90s. Um, Don't let the beard fool you. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> so I uh, I did not grow up in the 90s. Well, I, I kind of did, but yeah. I was growing up in a bar in the 90s. But... I hear you. Yeah. No, so uh, our, our worlds, though, are so sta- scarily uh, combined. So you, you shared yours. I'll share I'll share you yeah. with you mine. Um, and mine's way, way, you know, less drawn in. So I actually did join uh, uh, the United States Navy. I went off to San Diego to boot camp there. RTC, NTC were side by side back then. This was uh, early, early 90s. Clinton administration was in. Yeah. A um, lot of budget cuts taking place. Yeah. And got there and just, you know, thought to myself, well, I made a mistake. I probably shouldn't <laughs> have done this. <laughs> then uh, settled in after a few weeks, you know, settled in, decided, nah, now nah, we're good to go. Um, unbeknownst to me going on through Washington or any place else as they were, they were going through and combing through, uh, applications and looking through recruits and looking for anything they could find. Well, they came across, um, some, uh, work that I had done on my back. Um, and there may or may not have been, you know, some visible signs here and there with me. Um, but the bottom line is, uh, they, they looked through that and they saw that I had the potential, I had an issue on, uh, one of, one of my, uh, uh, uh my lower back. Yeah. They've, I ended up going into what they call legal hold and forced me to call back home and get a chiropractor to send over their notes. So I basically retained counsel cause they were prepping to get rid of me. I retained, uh, one of the JAG guys basically as it was my right as a recruit yeah. to fight that and stay. Um, I had got bumped from company 080 all the way to company 085, um, which really sucked because I lost, you know, contact with a lot of guys that I, you know, started day one with. Yeah. Um, but at the end of it, uh, after a couple weeks of doing this and being in some really, really less than desirable barracks uh, situations with, with some guys were similar to my situation, other guys, not so much. It, Basically, my 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 uh, uh, petty officer Enlo, I'll never forget him. He uh, he said he goes, listen, son. He goes, I need to tell you something. I'll fight this fight for you, okay? I will try to keep you in here. He goes, but this is kind of like fighting the mafia, except <laughs> he says, except the Navy has more money than the mafia. <laughs> he says. So I need you to understand we're not going to win if they don't want you here. And he says, trust me, they're not giving you, you know, what they're giving you is an erroneous enlistment means come on back. And I look at him and I'm like, come back. You say, (laughs) I just spent, you know, six weeks here for nothing. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) You know, so, yeah. So I, uh, you know, I, I got bumped out of there is some, some really wild memories, some, some not so great memories. I didn't make the greatest decisions when I first got there too, you know, and, but like you said, I look now at my two kids. I look at where my life's at. I look at where these things are at and it's, I'm not, I'm not a believer in some predetermined, uh, you know, destiny of some sort. That's just not something I really subscribe to. But what I do give way for is that there's some stuff going on out there that I have no comprehension of. There's some powers flowing around, (laughs) moving some things, moving some parts. And I have no idea what the hell that is. But what I do know is that we've got the means to do it. We're here now and let's go make it happen. You know, and so what I what I didn't always have is patience. And I'll tell you that 
that is something that's come on. And, you know, especially my dad was a great teacher that I always thought, how can he just lay back? Because <laughs> I'm a very push kind of guy. And that's what, you know, that Marine recruiter saw that, that I was a grab it and, you know, try to make it more type sure. person. And sure. uh, yeah, I still have that. But now I think I take the losses better with more grace. You know, the, I understand that the losses, so I, I was in sales, you know, here in Indiana, so-called, you know, in the winters that you can't landscape all year. So that's kind of how I got into food, too. I was a bartender. And uh, but I also I had a couple of stints where I tried to sell cars and I was too honest. I mean, I could sell a brand new car all day because it is <laughs> what it is. But I couldn't sell used cars. And that's where the money is, you know. Yeah, exactly. Those uh, those skills were valuable. And. What I learned from that was I had a guy tell me, he's like, don't let the nose beat you up. It's about a thing that every three no's, you'll get a yes. So, or you'll start to see that pattern and every no that you get, you know, you're closer to something working out. Sure. So I kind of use that mentality for things. When it doesn't work out, I just discard it as wasn't, wasn't going to be a sell anyway, you know, and wait for the next opportunity. Absolutely. I was going to say every, every no's another opportunity. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm part of a, an organization called the MPAA, which is the National Professional Anglers Association. They just hosted a big deal down in Florida. Their special guest was one of our sport's biggest names, and that's Gerald Swindell. People know him yeah. as G-Man. Well, he was our guest down there. As he's a supporter of the MPA as well, and he had a, a, a phenomenal, a phenomenal uh, a seminar that he put on about positive mindset. And I was so proud watching him say these things because – not only have we modeled this long before it's been said, because I've learned it in other business sides, but to hear him, you know, stamp that validity to it, you know, man, it just, it's like that, that is the truth, man. You've got to, when others think that it's the dumbest idea or you're getting clowned, you know, uh, we, we have it out here in the kayak game right now, right now, there's a group of folks out there that go around thinking the term professional kayak angler is a joke. Okay. Because we're relatively still new. Yeah. There's only maybe a handful of people that truly kayak angle only and mm -hmm. that are getting paid enough to survive doing that. Maybe literally on one hand, you could probably count them in our sport. Yeah. But the, the, the reverse piece like I tell people is this, is this your main source in mm -hmm. career? And do you fish at the highest possible level that they offer? If you've answered yes to either one of those, well, then you're a professional kayak angler, okay? I mean, <laughs> it may not be glorious yet. And like I tell yeah. people, I didn't say I was a good one. I just said I am one. <laughs> I, you know? I might use that. <laughs> That's exactly. It's all yours, man. Yeah. But yeah, well, so it's, but you, you have to breathe that stuff into existence, man. And yeah. the same thing with our, with our giving back, you know, yeah. I, we, I won't quit. I won't yeah. ever stop. It's, it takes its toll on you. But if, if your events are like ours that we attend, man, it takes one event to see that healing take place with one, uh, one of yeah. these warriors, yeah. and it totally re-energizes for the entire next year. It's like, bring it. I'm ready to go well, again. I tell you, man, and you, you touch on a lot of stuff. I mean, I, I can tell that if we were closer, we'd probably be hanging out quite a bit more because... <laughs> When I started the food truck, I obviously couldn't just, you know, I had some investors, man, early. And I almost say they were predatory. And I don't care if they see this or not. Because 
they were a couple Marines and I trusted them and they were good businessmen, but I kind of feel like looking back, they might've been coming for my assets because I built that cabin. I had no debt, you know, I had built everything. So these guys got in for nothing and then tried to tell me that I need to quit my job, you know, dive in with both feet. And I'm like, brother, I got a brand new special needs child and my wife is home. Like, I don't think we got there. The bills, the wolves were at the door, man. So we're trying to launch this thing. And so I get offered a job with the city of Bloomington government job, good benefits. But it was one of the hardest things I had to accept. It was a parking enforcer, right? So <laughs> so I would walk, you know, 13 miles a day, just pissing people off all the way. You know right? what I mean? Just you are not a fan favorite. Oh, dude, I got stories for days for my short stint there. And uh, But I would walk that beat and I would listen to Zig Ziglar, Eric Thomas, these, I didn't listen to music in my headset. I had motivational speakers and the things they would say were happening in my life. So it was so crystal clear to me, my path, and it was not to my family. And that's what I kept hearing in these headsets is the people that you need behind you the most are going to break your heart when they don't have your vision and they're not behind you and you're pushing forward. That's some of the loneliest time in a person's life. Right. But I kept that short, <laughs> short memory mentality and kept getting these little wins. And eventually, man, everybody started to see that I wasn't just quite crazy, that I had a direction. And, uh, but that's it, man. The breathing it into existence was, yes, sir. I was not going to let anybody shut that down. There were, I'm telling you, man, I was working at the city every second. I wasn't there. I was barbecuing. We barbecue. And as soon as I learned how to do it the right way, I never, you know, got from that. So I'm up all night with these stick feeders. Now I've got these, they're called gravity feds. They got big thermostats on them. It's like a, it's like a wood burning oven. So I get a lot more sleep, but back then I had to set my clock. I had to get up every two hours to rotate my meat and make sure I wasn't burning stuff on the old cookers I had. So for about three years, I was living on four hours of sleep a night at best working that job and, you know, the city, and uh, it takes, you know, I always tell people looking back that landscaping was probably be a lot easier than the food truck and the barbecue, especially, you know, yeah. Yeah. big, heavy smokers to move all the lack of sleep. I got a new kid. I mean, it was a disaster, you know, waiting to happen, but perseverance and patience, man. And there's one edge difference, though. It really, and this is the part that it's hard to tell folks because, yeah, they don't understand the grind that goes into this. It sounds they, cliche to them. But I, I will say, it, it, when you're doing something you love, it truly is, it's not a day worth of work. I can yeah. drop I can drop 12 hours on the water, um, eating a PB&J for the most part. My sugar's crashed three yeah. times out yeah. there. Oh, and I'll get back, I, I feel worn down and, and just literally beat you know over the mm. side of a truck and i'll still have a grin on my face because i'm thinking to myself look at what the hell i get a chance to yeah. go do this sure as hell beats going back to the it industry man i'll tell you that much <laughs> that's what and i think you know i say they think it's cliche but it's people with lack of drive that think that it's just kind of a cop out like oh yeah breathe it into existence well, that, i mean man go try it one time get passionate about something and i think there are callings like it's funny yeah. how you know you find yourself in that groove and that's why i say my vision was so clear 
that it literally felt like I was being connecting the dots by something just leading me into the next step that I needed. You know, as yep. long as I stood up, stood, you know, seize the opportunity. Sure. And, uh, but yeah, man. I knew, I knew I had it bad when the three thirty in the morning, which was always like the, the, the spring tournaments because, uh, boats needed to be on the water by like five picking up, you know, co-anglers and all that stuff. So three thirty, you're getting up, you went to bed at 10 or 11, you know, so you got no sleep and now you got to go, you know, uh, run the Mississippi river with 150 boats racing around you, you know, this and that, and go try to find your spot. I knew I had it bad when that didn't bother me. <laughs> yeah. It just didn't yeah. bother me. I'm like, and when I was done, I kind of missed it. I, yeah. you know, you miss the grind. I miss the hustle. This whole winter yeah. has been that way. It's like, where, when, when, Gwen, come on. I got to, yeah. let's well, feel that. I want to feel that wear and tear again, you know, and get back to it. Competition is kind of like that for me now. Cause it, yes. it's a, gr a grueling now. I get all this sleep and when I go to competitions, I'm up all night. But <laughs> when the yeah. food trucks started, I think that that, that must be another shared mentality of people that are like that when it becomes a game. You know, yeah. when, you're, when you're trying to outdo your last sales and you're doing all the little things to make it more efficient and, you know, that becomes the challenge. And I can remember I'd have employees with me and we'd have to go to Sam's Club real quick or something. And I mean, I'm just like, you know, my, my baseball coach used to say this about me. He used to ask that I had a good friend who was our assistant, an older brother. And he was like, you tell me right now, is Dave White on speed or Roy's or something? <laughs> that is the kid on speed. Cause I naturally was just like sixth gear wound up, you know? So and when I get excited and passionate about stuff like that, that's what, I mean, I'll just drag them right behind me and they're like, God, slow down. You know, and I'm like, we got to win. We got to win at all costs. You know? That's right. Whether it's out selling a truck next to us or just beating last, last week's mark, you know, just that's get right. better. Yeah. So now do you guys in the, in the, in the pit master, in the barbecue competition lanes, do you guys have kind of a, an off season or do you guys go year round? Well, you know, the, like the guys down South got it made in California, you know, the warm States, they never shut it down here. You know, traditionally we, uh, it's a pretty, you know, from like November till usually April, it's pretty Dude. low. But these guys, I got a competition next weekend. The high is 32, okay? <laughs> and it's called, they got the best name for it. They said they were so sick of throwing their August event and everybody crying about the heat. So they have one January 28th. It's the Frosty Balls cook-off. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, you know, it was 60 a week ago here, like record highs. And I was like, right. yes, let's find this little groove. And then uh, no chance, a bunch of snow on Wednesday, but... We'll get out there, man. This one is a little bit more of a backyard feel, so I'm leaving the ovens and taking my old smokers and doing it kind of. So this will be a throwback cook for us, you know. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah, man, there are so many similarities in our world because, you know, all those the southern guys, southeastern guys, we have a lot of connections with different anglers that we've affectionately call as part of our little true patriot, you know, network that have agreed that if we have events in their area, they will volunteer and help out where they can. Um, and they help spread the word social media and watching these guys out fishing and running lakes and stuff. And I'm like, dude, I was just firing the snowblower up yesterday, <laughs> moving, you know, uh, three foot of snow off my driveway here. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, it's, them we, guys we get the same Texas, season. 
I'm sure you're the same way too, because I know there's good, great fishing down in Texas. Bill Dance, oh. the proof of that, right? But like, that we watch those guys. I mean, so we go to the Royal Oak Invitational in October, and you think the season's winding down, and these guys are still knocking out. I see our our family grew down there because you're on this team, but you don't see them, and then you you come to that event. I'm telling you, 35 of the best in the world, and then you get wow. to be friend, friends with them from there on Facebook, and so. Family group, and I'm watching all the guys in Texas and Florida just ringing it up, and I'm like, man, they got they got months on us. You know, it's hard to keep up, you know, with guys that can cook all 12 months. So, right, yeah. we got to pack it in. Well, and that's you know one of the biggest things, guys, will tell you in this industry on the fishing side of things is nothing beats, and they, and this truly is. Guys try to find ways around this, and they don't want to listen to this because this is the hardest part. There's nothing that can replace time on the water. T-O-W. Um, yeah. we, had a, we had a little struggle last year that some of my struggles from my boat world followed me into the kayak at the very start of the season. And I literally took 30, I, I withdrew from a few events and took 30 days off to just go fun fishing and dial my head back together and remember why it was that I fell in love with this and what's, what's happening. Why do I show up on tournament day and squawk out so bad? You know, what was going on? And yeah. one of my very good friends that I've learned that I met in the uh, kayak world, he is maybe one of the most accomplished kayak anglers on the planet. His name is Jody Queen. I interviewed him on the podcast and we became uh, pretty good, pretty good buds. He chimes in on my personal page. He chimes in on this, says, listen, man, you know, don't use this, the, the downsides as a reason to not do something. He goes, time on the water, brother. He goes, yeah. just go get your time on the water. And man, yeah. was, was he right? I started, I was on the water three, four days a week, um, just fun fishing, even mornings. I didn't feel like going. I'm like, Nope, going. Yeah. So I go and I just work through some things and sure as heck the next competitive, you know, trail we get on, we're feeling like, Hey, we got something figured out here now a little bit. We're, yeah. you know, I'm feeling better about what I'm learning at these events. And, and, and that truly oh, is yeah. the more you do it, the better off you are. We don't have an acronym for it, but, you know, when we've had a little drought, we're like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to burn some meat in a parking lot with some friends, you know, <laughs> and that's why it really is because, you know, we're, we're competitive, but, man, I'm telling you, it's just guys are givers, you know, and that's yeah. why I had, uh, when I started coming up, it wasn't quite like that, and I got a couple guys I've mentored, and they're doing, they're, they beat my butt last year, finally got got over on me. So I'm proud of them. At the same time, I'm like, I finally created a monster here, but right. they, uh, and they, they, they always support, uh, the Romans warrior foundation. They fly the banner, rich bros, great, great dudes, but nice. They're proof that of our community, there's some guys that come in and weren't sure. And I'm telling you, these are smart guys. They're in their, you know, mid twenties, you know, I'm giving them this advice over casual conversation after they've been in it a year, you know, Cody, the older brother, he's like, hey, man, I want to show you something. He's got a binder with cliff notes, like a whole Dave White section of uh, – and I'm like, I need a copy of that thing. For what? I was like, I think I need to market. Maybe I think I got some good advice here. The curriculum is pre-built now. So, But we actually are. We're, we're teaching classes this year too. Charles Gordon and I, the founder of Kentucky Inn Barbecue Pitmasters, you know, I won their first series, King of the Q, back in 2019. So I'm kind of stepping into that ambassador role for the for the uh, series and trying to promote that. I don't want our champions to be like the old champions and to try to chase guys off into the sunset when they right. have too much success. 
I want to build the community we have so right. that, you know, our events are lucky to get 12 to, you know, if you get 20, uh, you know, local teams at a, at a cook-off, it's a pretty big deal. So that's because they've chased so many people off through the years. If we built a bigger community, now these events that are trying, they're all for charity. So they need as many teams as they can get. So right. build, building that community is really important. So 100%, man. That's one of the 37 directions that I'm letting myself go. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, no, it's it's easy to uh, to kind of forget, you know, what what you got going on there. So, listen, man, what it would be the next big event? Um, so now, Hoosiers with Hearts is kind of different yeah. than other nonprofits. Hoosiers, you guys deploy when there's a natural disaster that takes yeah. place. What would be kind of, uh, you know, your your effective striking range with Hoosiers? What what kind of what kind of do when you have first, a boundary or you know when we got back from eastern kentucky i was very ambitious about it and i said anything this side of the rockies now since i drove back you know we flew out and i wanted to take a barbecue tour on the way home so i drove back across kansas and we hit uh, kansas <laughs> city down to st louis and i'm thinking man that would have been a pretty good toe so you know it, I, it's just a heart thing man i mean honestly you know, with you. that, with that, we were lucky that that was, I mean, we're not lucky, but that was so close that I sure. felt like we couldn't say no. But right. if something happened to you guys and it were all hand deck, all hands on deck situation, you know, if we had the means, we would go, you know, hundred percent. And this is what I try to express to folks, why it's so important that we remain, we will remain in the, the home of Romans Warrior Foundation. Yes, TPO is its own little baby, but here's the the piece i look at if something goes on let's say in kansas or oklahoma and i hear hoosiers is being deployed i guarantee you i am ringing the bell and finding every bit of resource we can from this location and we're yeah. rendezvousing man we're in the we're, middle we're yeah. going on hands on that yeah. this is the benefit of of being you know you and i are kind of the the two most furthest on the on the east and west sides and then we yeah. got some south and north you know working together uh-huh this for a very small nonprofit, Romans Warrior Foundation, dude, our reach and the potential of what we can do and our impact is big. Yeah. That's why we need those 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 companies stepping up and, and helping us out with this is just yeah. allow us to be ready, man. That's what we're asking yeah. for is allow us to keep the healing rolling. Yeah, let us give us a chance to be reactive. You know what I mean? And that's what the reach is another thing. That's what knowing that, you know, I saw Chris Pratt, you know, I'm a big fan of him and all his movies. And he had a really good speech and acceptance speech not long ago. It was kind of viral. And he had like nine, the nine rules by Chris Pratt. Yep. You know, one was don't be a turd, you know, be a humble <laughs> influencer. You know, if you have influence, you need to be able to use that for good, not yes, just sir. for self. So yes, knowing that, that we're lucky enough to have that, it's a, it feels like a, you know, a, a duty. To, to use it for things like that. So. Don't be a turd. That's so <laughs> a very brief stint for like a season or two. I coached throws uh, and, and I, I'm, I would coached for 18 years, football being my number one. Um, and then I got a chance to teach some track and field and uh, leave you with this story here based on that. Don't be a turd thing. Um, <laughs> our Century High School shirt I'm wearing Century Panthers. Our boys' uh, throw team was very, very new. We had a lot of eighth graders and ninth graders. This is our high school track team, keep in mind. We were bringing kids up. 
there weren't a lot of accomplished throwers in this group. We had some amazing, these, these boys, I absolutely love those boys. Um, the, the, the dedication they had to trying to learn this craft. I never threw in high school. I was 175 pounds soaking wet. I was speed. I played football, man. That's yeah. all I did. So I had to learn the technique pieces and how to coach it and train it and teach it. So we all kind of knew the score, right? We knew where we were at our first year. And with the boys being that real to, to really bond with them, to make sure that we were all on the same team, last motivational speech I gave them before one of our big events. So, all right, boys, don't suck. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's our goal tonight. We're going to yeah. go out there and try not to suck tonight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These guys loved it and to this date i still hear you know that th it gets brought up by this by this group and these now mind you this was you know what nine years ago you know or whatever so to hear that those young men still remember that because they knew where, it. where where it came from it wasn't a matter of me you know no we knew what we were doing we knew where we were at we were enough accepting said. it yeah, yeah. enough <laughs> said <laughs> i love that man well, listen, brother, I can't thank you enough for coming on here. And I absolutely am going to make this a point to figure out. Um, obviously, our season schedules get nuts, but we're going to work something out. We absolutely are. I need to come see you guys. We'll bring the kayaks, get out there, do some fishing. Um, and, I, and I want to learn more on this, you know, because, uh, dude, I don't miss barbecue at all. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're proud to have Brian from Q Incorporated, you know, joining on board with us. Yeah, um, hey, Smoke Bros, uh, we need to get you hooked up with Smoke Bros. Smoke Mikey Bros, v. too? He's a Green Beret, ex-fisher. Right. The dude is a marketing genius. I mean, we, we work with him a lot, but he's another one. Man, you come to Indiana, we'll treat you so many ways, you'll have to like one of them. <laughs> I'm telling you, so... <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, man. Well, listen, thank you for cutting out uh, some time for us here. We're going to have you back. I know that for sure. And we'll talk about when your competition season gets fired up. I may be doing this from uh, the cab of my truck or whatever on the road, um, but uh, that would be super cool. Catch you when you're yeah. on scene and we'll do, a, yeah. we'll do some stuff. We'll get it out there. But thank you so much, man, for joining us. We, we sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. Pleasure's all mine, Gene. Keep it all up, right. man. I'll talk to you as soon as we get off air here. All right, man.